I'm addicted to the work. Lifting till it hurt, chest sticking to my shirt. I heard sky's the limit when Biggie spit his verse. So to test it, I went and put some inches on my vert. I'm a beast. I'm a beast. Iron Mike when it's fight or flight. Going for it, I could die tonight. You need my advice, then subscribe to the podcast. Plenty time left. All I need is you to listen with a winner's mindset. Yeah. All I need you to do is listen with a winner's mindset. Welcome to the Winner's Mindset Podcast. Today, I want to get right into it. Uh, this will be short. This will be sweet. This message is to all my entrepreneurs out there, my gym owners out there, my personal trainers out there, anybody that's in this fitness industry out there. That's what this message is for. So my journey, 17 years in the game, uh, started as a personal trainer, excuse me, performance trainer because I work specifically with athletes, uh, moved into uh, a small facility after spending almost three years literally jumping gates, uh, going to parks, uh, basically anywhere I could find some grass, anywhere I could find somewhere to train athletes, that's where I trained. That was my gym. Uh, about three years in, opened the first uh, small facility, about 3,000 square feet, you know, just enough work, and I thought I had changed the world. I thought it was over. I'm like, this is it. About to kill everybody. Um, stayed there for about a year and a half. Situations went bad. Uh, the company that I was actually working with ended up closing the location that I was renting space out of. So instantly had a decision to make. What am I going to do? How am I going to figure it out? So basically moved into a second location or a different location, a little bit bigger, about 5,000 square feet. Once again, I'm back at the top. You know, I'm winning. You know, this facility had a nice track in the back, three lanes. I'm like, this is it. Speed, speed coach uh, heaven. You know, I'm here. I'm working. I got athletes flowing in. Uh, everything's looking good. The program is growing. I mean, growing fast. The program is growing by the day. I mean, athletes from all over the valley, a lot of high school athletes. So, I mean, it's really taking off. And, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in my zone. I'm getting it done. Actually had the opportunity to take over that gym. You know, so I actually went from just, you know, paying rent to to the owner saying, you know what? This could be yours. You can take this facility over. You could brand it. This would be the first official phase one sports. And I'm like, yes, this is it. I'm there. So went through the process. Uh, rent basically a little bit more than double, you know, so but I'm in. I'm young. I'm motivated. I'm ready to go. Um you know, I'm on fire. You know, programs growing, athletes, I'm, I'm in. Let's do it. I'm young, I'm broke, but I got it. I'm making it work. So went into that situation, uh, developed a, a complete program. I mean, brought in different trainers, work with different sports. Uh, we incorporated the recruiting into the program. Uh, so we were hosting our own camps and combines and events and, and things like that, even incorporated the academic side. So we were actually doing like SAT, ACT prep. We were doing a uh, tutoring study hall. I mean, it was just, I mean, this elaborate operation that we had created from just an idea from just a concept and fast forward, you know, maybe a year into this project, the gym is packed through the roof and then came the storm. The storm came from the owner's, of the facility coming back, basically saying that the gym had gotten a little too chaotic, you know, too many people, you know, too much going on, which anybody that knows about performance training, 
if from the outside looking in, it could be kind of chaotic sometimes. You got medicine balls flying everywhere. You got athletes sprinting. You got parachutes. You got, I mean, just so much going on in a in a real true athlete performance environment. So, I was asked to basically reduce or shrink the program. Uh, started setting limitations on how many athletes could be in the gym at a certain time or at one time. Um, you know, how many athletes could be in the, in the classes and, you know, it just, it just really started to put a grip on the success and the progress that we were making and the momentum, uh, and just to, um, make it that much easier for me, um, was not willing to reduce the rent. So now the program is being reduced, which means less revenue, but the rent is still high. And, and so I, I reached out to some people that I knew, some business people, uh, you know, seek out advice. Uh, and, and the first thing they said was, well, you know, that's a breach of contract because you guys agreed to these terms and now these terms are being changed. And so they asked to see the contract. And that is one of, and even to this day, one of the biggest mistakes that I made. I did not have the lease agreement in writing. It was basically like a sublease. Uh, it was all verbal communication. Uh, we went over the game plan, went over what I wanted to do, uh, which was all agreed upon at the time. And then it was all taken away and I had nothing to stand on. So I stayed in that situation for another six months or so. And um, ultimately, I couldn't afford it. I mean, the rent was just too high. Uh, of course, I couldn't generate the revenue that I needed to generate. And ultimately, I had to make a tough decision. So imagine this. I'm at my own performance training center. It's got the big phase one sports on the wall. Everything looks good. Uh, got branding everywhere. I mean, athletes rocking the shirts. Everybody's phase one doubt. We're creating this community and, and we're being effective and kids are getting scholarship. I mean, it's just it's, it's going. You know, it's booming, as they say. And um, ultimately, right around November, headed into into December, uh, I had to make that hard decision of moving out of that location. So I actually shut down the month of December. I remember like it was yesterday, even though it was years ago. Shut down the month of December. And um, told my athletes, hey, we'll be down for December, but don't worry. January, we are back. It's the offseason for football, which was our dominant sport. And we're going to come back and we're going to kill it. And honestly, I had no answers and didn't even know where I was going. And I remember the day that I turned in my key. And I was asked, well, what are you going to do? And the only, uh, only answer I had was, I'll figure it out. And that's exactly what I did. So I actually went to the Las Vegas Athletic Club, which if you're not familiar with Las Vegas, you have you know no clue of what the LVAC is, the Las Vegas Athletic Club. Let me help you out. It's basically our version of like a 24-hour fitness. So basically a commercial gym, a uh, huge you know, 50,000-square-foot facility with everything in it, but it's a commercial facility. You got a $19 membership. You got thousands of people in and out every day. You got the packed parking lot. Not the ideal place for athlete performance training. 
Um, anybody that does athlete performance training, you know right off the top, it just does not work in commercial gyms. It just doesn't work. So very complicated. Uh, I remember literally getting written up so many times for, uh, let me see, a couple big ones. I would get written up for dominating space because, you know, in athlete performance, you're doing a lot of plyos or or you might do some supersets, some combos. So you might take up two machines and, and a lane. And uh, other trainers would complain and basically be like, he's dominating the space and we can't use it and, th- you know, all this kind of stuff. And it's like, man, come on, seriously. You see what I'm doing. You see what I'm trying to create. But it wasn't the right environment for me. You know, I remember um, – uh, one time, even even a, a the manager telling me that my athletes can't sprint around the track. It's an indoor track. I get it. And he said it was a safety hazard. And I'm like, but it's a track. We want to sprint. It's not my fault that these are young athletes and they're fast and they're strong. But I, I understand where it was coming from. You got... 75-year-old walking around this track, and then you got a 16-year-old kid come flying by at 100 miles per hour. I get it. It's like putting a bunch of race cars on in, in the slow lane. you know. So I understood it, but I just tried to make it work. So um, fast forward, I started thinking of creative ideas. Like, what could I do? So so what I did was two nights a week on Tuesday and Thursday, I actually rented. Uh, I paid rent for an indoor soccer field. So my theory was, at the Las Vegas Athletic Club, we would do our strength training, you know, some basic work, strength, a little bit of plyos when we can. And then on two nights a week, I would take all my athletes to the field to do all of our speed training, you know, things like that. And look up, and and it actually grew and really started turning into a complete program to where I would have about 20, 25 athletes that would train with me during the week at the LVAC, and then I would have that group and another 2025 that would just come just for speed, speed and agility. So it was cool, man. So I, so it ended up being one of those situations where, um, started off a little bit rough. And then all of a sudden you look up and you're like, man, this is working. You know, we're getting it done. So fast forward, spent about a year and a half at the Las Vegas athletic club. And, and then an opportunity presented itself to open another location. But this time, it would be our lease, our gym, our business, our facility, our everything. So I connected with my, my two partners that I worked with previously and said, man, this is it. You know, let's make it happen. So we ended open up uh, right about 10,000 square foot facility right here in Las Vegas, uh, indoor turf. I mean, we had the full size boxing ring. I mean, the strength training area. I mean, we had it dialed in, man, just beautiful. It was, it was you know, kind of a dungeon feel, but it was it was dope. It was ours. And and we killed it, man. We took it to the next level. We got it done. Uh, the first couple years were very, very, very difficult uh, because I didn't really have a grip on the financial side of it. You know, when you when you start getting into business, it's very important that you run the numbers. You know, men lie, women lie, numbers don't. And I had the base, the baseline numbers easy. You know, hey, this many athletes pay this much a month. The rent's this. Here's the overhead. Do some quick math. We're we're good. We're profitable. But in business, when you go from just being a trainer at a gym to actually owning the gym, there's so many little things that you have to factor in. 
You you know, you got to factor in your insurance. I mean, you got to factor in toilet paper. Like, who would have thought that you would spend that much in paper towels and toilet paper? Out of like things you just don't think about, you know. So I so I really spent the first year, year and a half, just really learning on the go. You know, stuff that I didn't experience before, stuff that I didn't have to worry about. The lease, the the swamp coolers, the air condition, the cable, the Wi-Fi, the you know, just all the little things that go into making a business function. And so I, it was really a, a cool learning experience, you know, a painful one at times because we had a lot of months that there was no money, you know, a lot of months that, you know, literally, you know, gym full of athletes, athletes training, trainers making money. And as an owner, you do not get that check at the end of the month, you know, and that was tough. But we stuck in there. We, we kept it going. And we actually uh, the first two years, first three years, I believe, took a loss. Uh, pretty rough by year four started to figure it out year five had a very good year by year six man we had it packed we had it rolling we had it running we had it going and that's when I had the bright idea to expand one more time so that leads us to where we are today which is just under 20,000 square feet so we basically doubled in size uh, right about 20,000 square feet and I'm going to tell you what, we are finishing year number three right now as I speak. Year number one, rough once again. And and once again, I'll be honest with you, I took for granted that going from 10,000 square feet to 20, I just looked at it as, okay, cool, it's an increase, you know, more revenue, more of the same. But in reality, man, it was a completely different learning experience once again because now we had so many moving parts when you're in a 20,000 square foot facility that's not driven off $20 memberships and it's driven off actually quality and performance training, you have to really perfect the model. And you have to bring in so many more pieces in order to be profitable and actually sustain the business. So year one, terrible. Year two, almost as terrible. And now in year three, we're finally starting to get the grip on the whole bigger picture. And and just to give you guys a little bit of description, that's I'm talking about now we have eight or nine trainers here at this location. We have cryotherapy. We have physical therapy. Um, we have fascia stretch therapy, deep tissue. I mean, basketball court that literally as I'm doing this podcast, there's people that are renting out the basketball court just for some pickup games. So it's really turned into more of a of a business structure, business model with lots of moving parts, which took me some time to get used to because it's very hard to manage all those moving parts and still and still stay true to the passion of performance training and actually working with athletes because ultimately that's why I'm here. You know, so that part of that of the journey was has been challenging. And now we're starting to see the rewards of that journey, of that challenge. Um, and a year and a half ago now, we even opened up a second location here in Las Vegas. You know, smaller location, but uh, very functional because it's at the, the indoor sports park. Uh, so just a different model, but just another business opportunity, another model that we're constantly working on perfecting. So the reason that, I've, I've taken you on this journey from the start 
of me training in the parks and jumping gates and, you know, getting kicked off of parks because I don't have the right permit and things like that to where we're sitting today, which is multiple locations. The reason I took you on that is because as an entrepreneur, as a gym owner or any business owner for that matter, appreciate the journey because the journey is really the best part. When I sit now and and I look at where we've gotten to and, and where we are today, and I think about that, you know, 25, 26 year old kid that, that just wanted to train athletes, you know, and then I look at the journey of, of, of people telling me that this will never be a business. This is more of a hobby. This is more of something you should do on the weekends. And, and to look today in 2019, headed into 2020, and think to myself, like, I haven't had another job or I haven't worked for someone in, I don't know what, 14, 15 years now. And it's amazing. And when I think about it, it's, it's not all the up times. It's not all the, the times that I was making money. And it's not all those. Those aren't the times that I remember the most. It's, it's the rough times. It's the times that I wanted to quit, thought about quitting, and then made my mind up that I wasn't going to quit, and it's no way I would ever quit. That's what I value the most. It's the journey. I remember being a, a young entrepreneur. Uh, two, two quick things I want to share. I remember being a, a young entrepreneur, and uh, the first one was um, – I had a guy that was very successful, uh, multimillionaire, uh, and I was working with, with uh, some athlete or basically his kids at the end of the day. And I remember him telling me, I was I was telling him like some of the journey and, and what I've been through and been in the parks and things like that. And this was a few years back. Uh, we weren't even in this facility yet. And, and I remember him telling me, man, as I'm telling him the story, he's kind of smiling and I'm kind of thinking like, man, I'm telling you how, how I almost went out of business, how I quit, basically. I thought about quitting, and you're smiling. And he's like, Mike, one day you'll wake up and realize that was the best part. It was that journey. It was that challenge. It was that fight. And so when you come out of the other side of it, that's why the victory feels so good. It was the rain that made you appreciate the sun. And so I think about that even today when things get rough, I think about that. And I'm like, man, this is another chapter, another part of the journey. And the, the second story that I want to share with you guys is if you're doing something that you love, that you're passionate about, that's serving a purpose, that is the small piece that'll make the big difference. So small story or short story. Uh, another parent, another parent was standing there while I was working with his two athletes, actually two uh, uh, daughters that both played tennis. And and I looked up to this guy. He was an executive at, at one of the casinos here in Las Vegas. So uh, making, you know, real good money uh, every year. He, he, he got the new uh, big four door Jaguar. And I'm like, man, I love cars. So I'm like, oh, this is crazy. And I remember telling him. You know, how much I admired that, like, you know, he always had his custom suits on. You know, I'm sitting there with my sweats and T-shirt. He's got his custom suit on. And I would always just tell him, like, man, that's crazy. I and mean, I can't wait till I get to a position to make that kind of money and this and that. And he looked me in my eyes one day and he said, I would trade it 
all to do what you do. And my thought is like, dude, do you know right now I'm still eating Jack in the Box tacos because they're two for 99 cent? <laughs> like, I'm still like, like asking for the water cup and like putting like Powerade or something in it. Uh, I'm still uh, sharing a five bedroom house with five people, <laughs> you know? So what do you mean you would trade it? And he's like, the passion that I see in your eyes when you're working with athletes, when you're working with my kids, when you're working with other kids, the passion I see when we talk about my kid having a successful tournament or, or winning a tournament or, you know, I would trade it all to have that. He's like, I, he goes to work, basically shows up because he has to. He makes very good money doing it. He's good at it, but he's not passionate about it like I am about what I do. And he said he would trade it. And in that moment, I was young. I think I was 26, 27 years old. I'm like, I think I'll take the Jaguar, bro. <laughs> I think I'll take the house and, 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 the, and the custom suits. But later, around 30, 31 years old, 32, I'm 41 now. So by about 30, 31, it all started to make sense. And what it came down to is when you're passionate about something, you're, you're in your zone. You, you're in that moment where you just feel like no matter what, you're going to make it. You're going to figure it out. So my advice to you, my, my two things, my two takeaways as I get ready to close, my two takeaways are this. Find something that you're passionate about, something that really serves a purpose, something that's making a difference, and that's going to help fuel you. That's going to help keep you going. That's going to help those days that you really want to quit or you, or you don't want to get out of bed. That's what's going to get you up. And, and my second piece, my second piece is, Enjoy the journey. And when I say enjoy the journey, not just the good part of it. Enjoy the bad part. Enjoy the ups and downs. And enjoy enjoy when things go bad. And you know, man, this is bad. But hey, it's going to get better. It can only go up from here. Hey, if you hit ground zero, guess what? It's only one way to go. So enjoy the journey. Sit back and reflect on the journey. When you get to that hard time, think back, think back to the to the to the last situation that you didn't think you'd make it through and you did. And now you're at the next one. Let that be the strength. Let that be the 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 energy. Let that be the power that that sends you forward and keeps you going on your mission. On your journey, serving your purpose and doing it with passion. Keep it going no matter what. And at the end of the day, my journey, I wanted to share so you can see that it's not just all cool Instagram posts. It's not just the upside. There's also a downside in any business. And that's a part of the journey. So stay in it. Stay in the game no matter what. Do not quit. And most importantly, every single day, wake up with the winner's mindset. Thank y'all for tuning in. Subscribe if you haven't. Share this with somebody that needs to hear it. Somebody that's thinking about starting that business. Somebody that's already in business. And let them know we all in it together. 
So let's stick together. Let's keep working. Let's keep growing. Keep moving forward. Keep serving your purpose. And keep tuning in to the winner's mindset. And we'll see you on the next one. Test sticking to my shirt. I heard sky's the limit when Biggie spit his verse. So to test it, I went and put some inches on my vert. I'm a beast. Iron Mike when it's fight or flight. Going for it. I could die tonight. You need my advice? Then subscribe to the podcast. Plenty time left. All I need is you to listen with a winner's mindset. Yeah.